an opportunity for um, sharing, giving, replenishment, um, like both can exist. And so when I'm thinking about fives, it's the recognition that sometimes black fives, we can just sit out, that they can just sit out and not show up, not recognizing that there might be an after effect, um, even though there was also the depletion. And when we go back to that word omniscience, it's this idea that there's no threat of scarcity, that there is access to all knowledge and energy without fear of losing anything. I'm Kim. And I'm Camille. And this is Enneagram for the Culture, where two dope Black therapists discuss how therapy, Blackness, and the Enneagram come together. Hi. Hello, little spirit fingers to welcome us in from you. (laughs) (laughs) You were singing before we started recording. So you you, you brought us in with song. Yes, I did. (laughs) I feel like I'm always... A lot, by the way. Yeah, I'm always singing songs. Mm -hmm. Uh Um, But it's a joke that like I sing a lot of songs, but I like rarely get the lyrics right. But like I've got like one line of it and then I keep going and then I butcher it. And it's the person's like, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. And I'm like, I don't know either, but it's in my head. It's going. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Going with it. Going with it. So how did the Enneagram show up for you recently? Well, I actually didn't have something for today. And I was just talking to you ahead of time about something. And you were like, what are you saying for your, how did the Enneagram show up for you? Because you should probably talk about this. Um, (laughs) So I was telling Kim about um, my, the stronghold that card, (laughs) like literally like take my money right now. Like it it doesn't, I don't even have to think about it. And I'm in Um, that card decks, which is really weird, not, not um, playing cards, but like there's this trend right now that it's definitely in the therapy world where these there's boxes of cards that have questions on them or um, have like interventions on them. Um, I just ordered one that has like pretty pictures on them. And um, I buy so many of them. I probably in my office probably have there's definitely like five over there and there's like two, seven over there. And then I have two at home. So I have like nine to 10 card decks. Wow. Um, mm-hmm, different ones um, that I love. Now, the question is, do I use them? Very rarely, very, very rarely. But I love them. I just love like decks of cards that have questions. And the newest one I got is, well, the newest one that I have in my possession is the friendship deck. Um, and it's this deck of cards and it's like, it says it's the friendship deck. It's good to be known by your friends. And it's a bunch of questions that you can like play with your friends, like over dinner, or, like if you guys are hanging out and they're like, um, they vary in, in depth of like, if they're deep questions or not deep questions. Um, but then the one that I have that's coming, I just got an email yesterday that it is being shipped and I'm oh, so excited oh, is um, one and it's called like the res- resonating card deck. And it's like these beautiful watercolors and um, that they don't have any words on them. And you can pick out which card like 
your heart sort of resonates with in the moment. So like, Mm -hmm. I want to use it in therapy for like, if there's something that we're talking about that, like you can't, Mm -hmm. instead of being like, how do you feel? And you can't think of a feeling or you don't know how to like express it. Like you can look at this card deck and be like, I feel like this, this picture. Um, and I'm so excited for it to come. I can't wait. So then I will have 10 to 11 card decks. Um, are you going to use it? I'm going to use that one. What's called, what, what do you think is the hang up with, with getting them and then not using them? Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't need help thinking of questions. <laughs> so I don't, when I'm with a client, <laughs> I don't need a card deck of questions. <laughs> I've already thought, I can think of a million questions. <laughs> And I think that the idea would be um, it like sometimes I have the idea of like maybe when a client sits down and that could be like the first thing that we do is to ask one of these questions. But my clients, whether it's my clients or the way that I set up the space and like the energy, my clients don't need help with a question. Like they just sit down and they start talking or like I will Mm -hmm. ask enough of a question Mm -hmm. that gets them going. Um, So there's never like I feel like if I worked with like a teenager that didn't want to be there, maybe I would use yeah. the card deck, but I don't have teenagers that don't want to be there. Um, you still are, you're still purchasing cards. Yet I'm still purchasing. I love them. I love them. <laughs> I love them. And now I've like started purchasing like the friendship deck. That's for personal. And I actually have two friendship card decks because I have another one. Um, the and friends edition from skin deep. So I have two friendship card decks. And I keep those at my house because, you know, you might have someone come over, might have a glass of wine. Questions for your friends over a glass of wine. And so you'll need some cards to ask questions. Yes, I have my cards. I brought them on vacation last week with a friend. We went on a trip and I brought the card deck. I'm going, I'm going on vacation this week um, to a girl's weekend, bringing the, bringing the card deck. You never know. It's, it's my thing. And I feel like all, I, I think therapists, we have our things, like the things that we just buy that we don't really like some therapists really like like um the things that you like play with with your hands like the um like little fidgets and things some some therapists have a bunch of those in their office some people have a bunch of cardigans some people have a bunch of like scarves scarves yes drama people love some scarves i actually have a box of scarves um yep i have a bunch of scarves but i don't buy a ton of them but i know some therapists love scarves and they always are buying scarves yeah what is your therapist like over by definitely books ebooks ebooks e-books. i mean i have a lot of books books but i don't yeah i don't tend to buy books books i have lots and lots of um physical books because my both of my parents love books um my dad like that's pretty much what he's been doing since he retired from corporate america is selling books online so there are books everywhere um but as far as like me, and again, especially as a therapist, if it's a, I'll, I'll buy an ebook. I got, I'll have so many books on my iPad. Um, and then I love, and like worksheets. So I have Ooh. a whole um, Dropbox folder. Do you use worksheets a lot? Do you actually often. use those? Send them. Like oftentimes I use them for homework assignments. Okay. Sometimes we'll do them in sessions with like with certain clients, but for the most part, I'll use those for homework assignments. This is, this is fascinating. Like, I love it. I want to, I'm going to start asking all therapists, like, what's your thing that you like buy a ton of? Yeah. Um, and that even, and there's maybe a, like, it's not even how much you use it. 
Like you buy a lot of them, but you really don't use it that much. Yeah. Yeah. I wish it's just time. I don't have time to read all of these books. I don't have time to read them all. I try and I, I lie to myself when I buy them and say, I'm going to, I'm going to make time, but there are books in there that, I mean, I've had probably at the beginning of my like career that I've not even opened <laughs> yet. So yeah, I'm sure we all have a thing. Yeah. See, I've talked about this because my business partner loves books as well. And she buys a lot of books. I don't buy a lot of books. And I think this is actually part of my Enneagram number is because it makes me sad when I don't read them and I'm missing out. If the book is just sitting there and I'm not reading it every time I see it, it's information that I didn't consume. And then I'm missing out on what's in that book. So I don't buy it because I'm sad. I get scared. I'm going to be sad. So when I like, you know, when you go to a training and then they get, if they're all referencing all these books, she'll buy the books right away. Like, she's like, oh, I got to get that. I got to get that. I got to get that. So she leaves a training with five new books. I'm like, nope, I am not buying any of those books because I don't want those five books to sit there and make me sad that I didn't read those five books. So I just buy card decks instead. <laughs> <laughs> and not use them. And then don't use them. <laughs> And then you're not afraid of like what you're missing out with the card decks because you're so com- confident in how dope you are asking questions. Yeah, that's probably it. Like, I'm like, oh, I already I already know these questions. I'm good. Um, I will feel like um, I'm not doing enough if I'm not reading the books. So I wonder how I know what friend you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, does she read the books? No. But she has said, uh, shout out to her if you're listening right now. She has told me because I've asked her, like, what is she likes the feeling of knowing the book is there. Isn't that fascinating? That like she's like, I'm knowing that it, I have it in my possession and that I can go grab that book or I can go get that information is comforting, even if I didn't read the book. And I'm yeah. like, that's that's amazing. I'm like so fascinating. And she'll like start it. She'll read a couple pages mm-hmm. and she puts Kinda it down. Of it. Yep. Yep. Knows what's in there. Mm-hmm. I won't even start it. I have books I've never even opened. And it makes me, and I, every time I see it, I'm like, oh my God, I need to read that book. It stresses me out. Okay. <laughs> this is funny. Um, let, let us know when you get your new card, your new cards in, if you're going to be using those. Because they'll sound some beautiful i'm so excited i'll send you the link they're gonna be awesome they're gonna be awesome i do have, I have some right here which one do you have them. these are table topics yep but i don't use them um i think i grabbed them this week because i thought that may be helpful for a client and i didn't need it wait will you draw one of the cards and see what one of your questions is right now <laughs> yeah right now let's see what i want to see what these table topic questions are what shared secret will we never tell our friends? These are for couples. What's a shared secret between a couple that we never tell our friends? Oof. I don't I don't like secrets. So I, I don't like that question. <laughs> <laughs> what have you lost since childhood that you would like to regain? Oh, that's good. And that leads us actually, what, how did the Instagram show up for you, Kim? Y'all see how Camille sh- totally side made me pull the question and then totally sidestepped it, right? Y'all saw that? You see that? You see that? <laughs> <laughs> how the Enneagram showed up for me. So going into this weekend, coming out of coming out of the week, we're recording on a Saturday. Um, 
I just felt so proud. I was like, it was just a very productive week. I felt like anything that I um, had on my to-do list, yeah. yeah, I got it done. And my whole like process for the week, it felt, it was just on point. Like I made some, um, just some updates to my workflow, okay. you know, okay. and how I have just how I organize everything is all, I'm trying some new stuff and it, this week it really, 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 really worked and it felt really good. And so then I asked myself, is this so we asked this question in therapy, right? We'll be like, is this a, has, is this a familiar mm-hmm. feeling to you? What, what's your first memory of feeling like this? And I realized like, I think I may have been kind of an interesting little three. <laughs> Um, because this is definitely a familiar feeling for me. It goes way, 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 way back. So then that had me just thinking about some just questions to ask you. Me? Curious. Yes, you. You mentioned you love to use a planner still, right? Mm -hmm. Paper planner. When when do you remember? Like, what's your? When did you first start to use a calendar? Do you remember? I don't know if they still do this because now there's technology. But I feel like in middle school, schools used to give you a planner. Do you remember Uh this? Yep. I loved it. I loved it. And I would take my markers and I would put them and I would put all my things in there. Loved it. But then I would have strong feelings like because they wouldn't use the same planner every year because they probably were just getting a deal like of like which planner was the cheapest for us to fund, you know, 500 planners or however big the school was. So then you'd get a different planner and then it was a different system. Like and I was like. (laughs) This this planner from seventh grade has the month layout and this planner from sixth grade has the daily layout. And I'm like, well, how am I like I had to redo my system every year, but I still use the planner and I loved it. I loved that planner. Okay, and so I like always was like, why were some some kids didn't use the planner? And I was like, you first of all, you got it for free. Second of all, why not? Like and then the teachers would always be like, you know, because they're trying to teach you that like, you need to write this in your planner. And, and of course, Johnny's like. I don't know where my planner is. And I'm like, here's my planner. <laughs> Color-coded. Everything. So middle school? Probably middle school with planners. Yes. And my, but I grew, my mom had a planner she, and she, she called it a diary. I don't know why, but it was really a planner. And she, I remember like her being like, grab my diary, grab my, and like, she would look and write down what she needed to write down. So I, I grew up watching that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember I was I remember middle school getting planners and I was and and at that point I felt like those planners were like I don't want to say beneath me. Oh I was just I was I was I had been so I remember I remember like being very young and like printing off calendars and kind of creating my own. Like what were what was on your calendar, Kim? I know, as a, I know as a 10 year old, I know we'll get to that. We're actually going to okay. get to that. So my next question, what were some of your favorite stores as a child? Um, in middle school, I loved limited Two. when I was younger, I loved Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. I also, hi, seven. I remember distinctly must've been middle school or elementary school. Me and my sister were having a fake sleepover when you're like, when you have a sibling, you have fake sleepovers when you live together, it's fine. But we were like staying up late <laughs> and um, we were having a sleepover. And she asked me if you could get stuck in any store, 
you know, like you remember like all those cool movies like Blank Check and like there uh-huh. was all those cool movies at that time in the 90s. She's like, if you could get stuck in any store overnight, where would you pick? You know what I pick? What? Publix, the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> you still love Publix to this day. Like, I want all this. I wanted all the snacks. <laughs> I the can eat all sandwiches. The I can eat all the ice cream. <laughs> I could like have all the samples. Like, I like again, you know, the the want of it all, like a grocery store. It was my answer as a little kid. What was yours? I really liked so my mom was a biz a business owner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I loved going to like office stores with her. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, anytime I was anywhere where there was like a supply closet with office supplies in it, it, it made me really, really happy. So like an office depot, an office max, staples, Best Buy. So also stores with like, you know, technology. gadgets and yeah. technology. And um, how old are you? Like, is this I'm, I'm young? I'm young. I'm young. It, it's like, a. I also liked toys, but as far as wanting to go to those stores, I didn't, I didn't, I wouldn't really get excited about going to like a Toys R Us or a KB Toys. I wanted the toys. And what I'd rather do is you give me, <laughs> it's going to age us, catalog. Yep. I'll tell you what I want. You I don't want to go to those stores. Though. I want to go to office. office store. No, I want to go to the toy store because then you got to like ride the bike and you got to like play with the things. And you yeah, were like, no, I've like got to be more efficient. Store. Let yeah. me get out my catalog and highlight <laughs> it for you. But yeah. I'm with the go highlighter. Get it. And I can I ride it when I get it. But for now, I got stuff to put on my calendar. So my last question, <laughs> some of my calendar got to take care of. What's your earliest memory of having a desk? My family are immigrants. We had desks. I mean, we had a desk. Like, there was no way I didn't have a desk. I had a desk. Um, I have a desk in that third, that's third grade, second grade. I had a desk first. I mean, I had a desk. That's not, that's no question. Like you have to go to school. So you have a desk. What about Um, at home? At home in my bedroom, there's a desk. Um, when I went to college, always had a desk. Um, I don't remember having like a vanity. I had a desk. Um, when we went to, when I went to college, I, um, had to share a room when I had three roommates, um, because it was a long story, but I had three roommates. Um, and there was only two desks. And immediately my family is like, well, we got to go to Walmart and get a desk. Like we had to go get a desk. And like all the other people in triples didn't have three desks. They shared a desk. But my family was like, what kind of foolishness is this? Like, (laughs) but I've always, always had a desk. And I've come to learn that some kids didn't have desks in their bedroom. And I'm like, what? But again, immigrant family. I mean, you, you had a desk in your room since I probably like kindergarten. I had a desk. How can you not have a desk? Same questions. So I'm glad I feel seen. Did you happen to have file folders in your desk? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm coming I thought we were. I, th- I thought you were the one. So <laughs> to answer your question about what I'm putting on my calendar, at freaking <laughs> five, six. <laughs> I need to organize my file folders in my desk upstairs. Yeah. 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 I was saying this to Kim that like, because on our first episode, Kim was talking about the monkey bars and I, um, I want to hang out with like, all of my friends when we were in elementary school, because I want to come to your house to play 
and and to see your desk with your file folders like organized yeah and your calendar would yeah. i would my play date be on your calendar like was that yes. what was on there okay yes definitely hang out definitely. with camille at, at two o'clock she's coming definitely. over yep church girl <laughs> choir rehearsal you know youth ministry meetings all that types of all that stuff is on there my chores assignments mm-hmm <laughs> mm-hmm. Payday because I would get an allowance. So when am I? When am I, when am I, <laughs> <You're> I, <the> <laughs> I need you to find like you need to. I don't know if your mom still has like these papers. I'll ask her. I did think about reaching out to her before we recorded to just see like what she remembers. <laughs> so I will. I'll circle back around with her. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. I uh, yes, I had a desk. Shout out to Jamaican parents, but I did not have file folders. <laughs> Yep. Okay. Well, that's how the Enneagram shows me. <laughs> that was great. And you know what? This is perfect too. Speaking of desks, uh, this would be a great question for our fives. When do you remember having a desk in your room? Because I bet fives probably can take it back pretty far too of having yeah. a desk. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so we're talking about fives today, our investigators, um, our folks that are really in their heads and really value knowledge and intelligence. Um, and so Yes, fives definitely let us know when you also remember having a desk in your room. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're gonna just and jump start, in. What you say? While, yes, while we're while we're while we're soliciting input from our audience, if there are threes that can just chime in and let me know if it's you know just me <laughs> or if in retro as you think back, um, were you an interesting little little productive person too? Walking around with printed off calendars. Calendars for your payday, for your allowance, with your highlighter that you got from Staples. Amazing. I had to keep track because my parents, that's a whole nother, whole nother, whole nother session, (laughs) whole nother, whole nother conversation (laughs) about me, about them running me my, running me my coins. (laughs) You were like singing Rihanna to that, that really, because those, that song didn't exist. But if you were, that song didn't exist, you'd be like, look, where's my money? My money. Y'all been having my money and I don't want, it was, it was always my dad. He would just, you know, be try, trying to play games and talk about, well, you went to, we went to Chick-fil-A. So that's mine. I'm like, no, baby, that's not how this works. You can't be deducting from my pay. Like I said, another, that, another, another session. And then, and then shout out to the immigrant parents that were like, you don't get allowance. What do you mean allowance? That doesn't exist here. Like, because I remember I tried to go up to them. I was like, look, you know. Allie gets allowance, like so-and-so gets allowance. And my parents were like, <laughs> you don't get allowance. <laughs> and then I tried to run. And I, my friend so-and-so gets $10, $50 for every A they get. Can I get? My parents were like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> You're not getting that either. No allowance. Absolutely. That was a foreign concept in the Logan family. <laughs> allowance. <laughs> Well, it didn't last. And I tried to ask for a raise and yeah, it just didn't. It didn't work. You know, it's cute when the, with the pandemic, I remember, I wonder now, like, cause I, you know, you saw so many kids, they had to have desks cause they were working, you know, they were working from home. They were doing school from home. So it was like, you saw it all over the internet then with their little setups. But before that, they didn't have a setup. Like, like they weren't like, they weren't like me in kindergarten with my setup. They weren't like you. Did you ask for the desk or do you think they gave it to you? I think they gave it to me. So I mentioned last season, right? Remember, I'm remembering having a vanity 
yes. from a very young age. And so I think it was just a progression, right? At some point I stopped using the van. I'd never really use a vanity like for a vanity because, you know, when you're a little girl, you're not putting on makeup, right? Makeup, yeah. um, so I started to use the vanity as a desk, like desk desk. I was storing papers in it. And so then <laughs> I ended up with a real desk. I mean, it was dope too. I had a whole, my parents were for IBM. I had a whole computer set up. Yeah, I had a very nice um, chair, uh, like a little, I don't even, is it ergonomic? Where you're like kneeling on it, there's no back to, it was, I don't know, it was a nice setup, had a nice setup, stereo. I, I need your family to find, pic- they have to have a picture of you sitting at this desk, that has to have happened. I'll see. Or like your bed. I, like I definitely have pictures of my desk. Amazing. And yeah, That's ever something. since I've always had a desk in my house. I don't have a desk now. Yeah. Cause that wasn't probably, yeah. I mean, that was more my parents to have a desk. Yeah. Yeah. And they both have desks, same house. Like my Even, parents. even before the pandemic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't use it. <laughs> my mom, sometimes my dad never uses his desk anymore. Hey, so a part of our hope is to really connect with you guys. So we want to know what you're getting from this and what you want to learn more about on this podcast. You can connect with Camille on Instagram at camille.logan.lcmhc. And you can find Kim on Instagram at kreeslcsw. And you can follow us both on Instagram at Enneagram for the Culture. We dropped the links in the show notes, so check those out too. And while you're there, go ahead and bless us with a rating and a review. Subscribe so you can be notified when our new episodes drop weekly. And share this with someone you know. We'll see you around. So cool. I love that. That was great. Thanks, Kim. That was good. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we're going to get to our fives. Um, So fives, um, they're called the investigator. um, And their basic desire is to be capable and competent. Um, Their basic fear is being helpless, useless, incapable, or overwhelmed. The other word that, um, and we'll actually touch on this as we talk more, the other word for fives that they fear is this word annihilation. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's important as well. And they, um, they're in the head, we're now in the head triad. So that's important to know. And usually fives are going to be really intelligent. They, um, are very well read and are they're an observer. That's the other word that we use for fives, mm-hmm. an investigator of the observer. Um, they're really great at problem solving. They they sometimes can present as pretty um, introverted. Um, and so they crave a lot of alone time. Um, they do not want to look stupid. Um, and they have a tendency to um, struggle to like trust others or want to hoard. Um, and we're going to talk more about that today for sure. But if you want to know more about like a deeper dive into fives, definitely check out season one, episode nine, because that's where we talk in depth about fives and their structure and who they are and what they're about. So um, if you want more than that, go back to that. Yes. Okay. So let's get into um, the holy idea for fives, which is omniscience. And so, again, this is when we are not over-identifying with our personality. This is when we are um, loosening our grip on that bar for fives. Um, 
the holy idea is omniscience. And that's all knowing that all things are naturally and internally known. There's no threat of scarcity. And there is access to all the knowledge and energy without fear of losing anything. Yeah. And when they are not connected to that holy idea, that beautiful holy idea of omniscience, the fixation. So our fixation is what our our cognition is trying to do to get to the holy idea. It's our attempt to get to the holy idea. And for fives, that is called stinginess. And it's this ego-led state that believes that resources are scarce and worth hoarding for fear that needs won't be met. And this is a protective act against the threat of scarcity or the threat of others kind of intruding on. Um, When I think about this and fives and the stinginess, um, I think of this action um, of grasping. Um, So I'm kind of like just sort of grasping at wanting to hold on to and to be stingy because I'm I'm scared um, that I'm going to be there's going to be scarcity or that I'm going to be intruded upon. Um, the head triad, all of all of us, five, six, seven, our um, underlying sort of like emotion is fear, um, is anxiety. And so there's with fives, there is there's this anxiety, there's this fear that there's going to be not enough. Um, and that is a co- from a cognitive place. Mm-hmm. Um, Kim, you thought of a really great like visual of this <laughs> uh, when we were talking about it earlier. Yeah, how, just the 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 energy of um this this stinginess. Like, I had imagery that came to mind because I have some clients who are fives, and gosh, they've grown so much. But thinking about you know kind of where where they started and at times how some of this can still present is just like you said this the anxiety the fear it's just like a desperation um it's just this very like desperate energy to hold on to to not be um pushed beyond what they see as their limits and so I was telling Camille it's like if you think about cartoons um and the character like maybe being pushed to to go into another room and he's just or she it's definitely holding on desperately holding on to the door frame like with their hands and their feet just like please like just don't make me go like literally I won't make it mm-hmm. if you push me to have this conversation and I don't feel like I have the capacity if you push me to go to this event or go to this meeting um or do this thing and I feel like I it just I'm stuck in this um this this stinginess place like operating from the stinginess place and I just feel like I just can't do it um that's the energy that that comes with that Mm -hmm. and like Camille has already said it's so it's very very Mm fear-based um and she's already mentioned like fives competency is so 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 incredibly important to fives and so going back to um you know wanting to know things and and losing sight of the omniscience that mm-hmm. all things are naturally and internally known. So trying to, like she said, trying to get to that by holding on <laughs> um, or not, you know, not moving desperately, not going forward um, when they feel like, you know, it'll be to their annihilation or their detriment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So um, the virtue for five. So when fives are tapped into that omniscience, um, they exude this virtue of non-attachment. And so that's being able to let go, right? So that same image of like, oh my gosh, I just can't do it. Like being able to let go of that. We talk a lot, um, talking a lot this season about releasing, mm-hmm. um, letting go of the need to grasp what feels necessary and they can open up to the, ex- open up to experience the flow of the way life happens without fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what they exude when they are connected to it. Um, that's the, the energy that they sort of have. And when they aren't connected to omniscience, again, they're going to, um, fixate in a way that looks like stinginess, but then their passion or their emotional reaction to not being connected to the holy idea is this word called avarice, avarice. Um, and it's this need to hold on to what they already have for fear of not having enough. And in this place, the five fears, um, scarcity and depletion and annihilation. And um, the I, like, we've been joking about this, but I really think it really feels like this for fives where we'll say like, you didn't die. Like the thing that all of us on the Enneagram, each of our numbers is sort of trying to avoid. And we feel like we're going to die. Like if a one makes a mistake, they feel like, oh my gosh, I might die. Um, if the nine has like conflict, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm going to die. If I'm bored or there's sadness, sometimes I feel like I'm going to die. For fives, again, that word annihilation, like they really feel like I will not have enough and I will not make it. It will take me out. Like um, I am going to be so depleted that I'm going to be laying on the floor like a puddle um, and I cannot. And so, you know, we joke about that with all the numbers that like you didn't die and that you you fear that you're going to die. But for fives, it really feels like I'm going to die. Um, I'm not going to have enough. There's not enough. Um, the resources that I possess, whether it is knowledge or energy or, um, my voice that they're, that it's scarce, that that's where they believe if they're not connected to omniscience, that it's, it's scarce and it's going to run out. Um, and it could, and it's going to hurt if it, if it runs out, there's going to be an emotional wound that happens if it runs out. And so what I'm going to do is I'm not going to give it. Um, I'm not going to use my voice. I'm not going to use my energy. I'm not going to share my knowledge because um, I think I could be taken out. And so I'm going to hoard it. Um, And that's the avarice is this emotional hoarding of I don't want to risk being taken out. Um, And so I'm not going to. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where that's how the five shows up when they're not connected to this holy idea that says there is enough. that there is enough and that you have enough. We have enough. The world has enough. There's enough and that you won't die. Yeah. Yeah. And there will always be enough. There will always be enough. Yes. Yes. So those are the, those are the four holy idea, fixation, virtue, and passion. Mm-hmm. How's it show up for black fives? Yeah. So this was a fun conversation that we had was that um, in this world, (laughs) in this world, (laughs) as a black person, 
Uh it can be depleting. (laughs) It really, that's the reality is that it can be depleting. Um, And so for black fives who that's the reality, they will, it's very easy or tempting or um, the reaction is to avoid and to say, well, I'm not going to go to those spaces. I'm not going to speak up in that meeting. I'm not going to go to this event. I'm not going to use my voice because I don't want to be depleted. But um, the reality is that, or the more healthy reality is that for fives, being able to discern when it is um, safe for me to speak up um, or when um, or when I just kind of, I need to. Um, and then there's an acceptance that sometimes things are depleting. Um, there are parts of life that, and conversations and interactions that are depleting, um, that are heavy and hard, but that also the replenishment piece is also like inevitable as well. Um, and that there will be, even though there might be a hard conversation or there might be a hard thing that you have to do or a depleting thing that you have to do, there will be replenishment at the other end of that. And so we can see sometimes for black fives, there's an avoidance that happens of I'm not even going to show up, um, because it, because it is depleting. Um, and that is, that is true that it is depleting, but what we don't want to forget is that there is also replenishment. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it can just be, um, doubly impacting mm-hmm. for black fives. So like already, you know, having a tight structure that will, that, that is quick to alert you to, um, perceived, you know, uh, threat to safety, threat to security via not having enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you add to that the fact that for black people, um, in many ways, like that's very real, right? There really are um, spaces and situations that for, for us, um, unique to the black experience, it, it, it really could lead to um, detriment, right? Like it really could lead to taking us, taking us out. And so um, just being able to be a, aware of, of the impact. And like you're saying, again, also trusting and being able to lean into um, using that discernment mm-hmm. um, when we can establish a sense of safety and security, be it in our relationships, in our environments, but especially within ourselves. Ooh, yeah, um, that's good. That you're going to, you've already said this word when we were kind of warming up, but like a booing, you know, mm. um, you'll, you're, you're, you can, you can trust that you'll be, you will, you'll be, you'll be replenished or it'll mm. be, um, worth it mm. in ways uh, yeah. for you to go through that discomfort. Yeah. Um, but again, that discernment and a sense of safety, um, and security being so important, yeah, especially for, yeah. for black people. Yeah. And I think that for, for black fives too, like with that, knowing where your safe spaces are, that you can be buoyed and that you can be replenished. Because if we're going through life with a with an eye of hoarding or stinginess, knowing when to sort of turn it off, like ner- knowing when there are spaces that I can um, take a risk here, I can 
be replenished here. I can um, kind of open my palms up a little bit. So I'm not just grasping in this space, in this safe space. Yeah. Um, so in some ways, like not taking that mindset home, like there's a, you know, as, um, as black people, we do have to navigate the world and a lot of, and we are in spaces where we're not the majority. And um, so there are office spaces and um, groups and all this stuff that, that it is a lot um, and it is depleting at times, but then making sure that there is safe space for you to come home to your, to your folks, to your people, to your safe places, to be able to kind of like, okay, I can be, I can be replenished here. Um, and I don't have to close up here as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to yourself. Yeah. What'd you say? And to yourself, home to yourself. Home to yourself. I love that. Yes. Yes. Um, I was, when we were chatting, I was thinking of, um, I just watched the first episode of Survivor season 43. Um, you guys know that I love Survivor. <laughs> I know 43 is insane. Um, and, um, sadly spoiler alert, but it's okay. You guys hopefully have watched it. The first, um, (laughs) the first girl that gets voted off is, um, is one of the black girl, black women. And, um, she, she, yeah. and And the sad part about survivor sometimes is that, that race like plays a role and they've actually tried to do some things to like develop that. And like, um, uh, just to, to make that like a real topic of conversation about how race plays a role. Um, and I think I talked about that last season where they've just really changed their diversity efforts and like the teams and on the people, the contestants are more diverse. So she's not the only black woman on the season, um, but oh. she did get, yeah. So she's not, she wasn't the only one, but in her tribe, she was anyway. Um, and she's been a lifelong fan. So she knows that like, there's a possibility as a person of color that like I could get targeted first. Um, and that's the reality of the world that we live in. And Survivor is really like an actually cool, like microcosm of the world. Uh-huh. Um, and so if she were to only focus on, there's a possibility that I could get voted out first. There is a possibility that I could get sort of depleted or annihilated from this experience. Right. She could have chosen to never go on it. Right. Um, she could have avoided it. She could have said, I'm not going to put myself out there in that way. I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to show up. And she, and she, and she could have, and we would have respected her for that. And that is fine. Like we would be okay with that. But when I'm thinking about it in the context of this conversation around fives, I think that sometimes fives can say, yeah, I'm just not going to do it. Um, but then what ends up happening is an a, the person misses out on the opportunity. Like if that, if that contestant had said, I'm not going to do it, she wouldn't have gotten to go on survivor, even if it was for a couple of days, um, and be on this show that she's been watching for a million years. Um, and then we, as the viewer wouldn't have gotten to meet her cause she was pretty, actually pretty dope. Um, and we wouldn't have gotten the opportunity to meet her or other little, people that are watching other black women have been like, well, man, like she went on, I can do it. And you don't know the ripple effect that you showing up could have, even though that, yes, there is a, a, a hit that you that she takes, there is a depletion that happens for her and that's not fair and that's not good, but there's also on the other end of that, an opportunity for, um, sharing, giving replenishment, um, like both can exist. And so when I'm thinking about fives, it's the recognition that sometimes black fives, we can just sit out, that they can just sit out and not show up, not recognizing that there might be an after effect, um, even though there was also 
the depletion. And when we go back to that word omniscience, it's this idea that there's no threat of scarcity, that there is access to all knowledge and energy without fear of losing anything. Um, so I can show up to survivor without fear of losing. An, I'm not going to die. <laughs> Basically going back to like, I'm not going to die by showing up. There is enough and there will be enough um, because of me showing up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about just to dovetail that. Mm-hmm. Um, so five, you mentioned the head triad. So for fives and sixes and sevens and all of us. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, we think about knowing we can really, it can be very much an emphasis on your thoughts, your brain, your mind, what's yeah. logical, what's analytical. Yes. And I, I think going back to omniscience, um, all things are naturally and internally known. That's not just mm-hmm. about what's going on in your head. That's not mm-hmm. just about knowing information. And so, um, for cis on survivor or for other sisters of us who are kind of, you know, faced with these different scenarios where we do, we got to lean and trust um, in our discernment a little bit more mm-hmm. um, when it comes to, you know, is this one of those situations for me to push through the discomfort and show up um, trusting that maybe there will be some ripple effect? Um, or is this one of those situations for me to sit out and actually mm-hmm. withdraw because it really is not safe and I need to protect myself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for us to, be realize that we can trust that the knowing is not just about oh well what what will I do if she rejects me or what will I do if I get voted off like you don't have to just rely on thinking that through like being able to Mm -hmm. trust that your body will know what to do or that your heart right it'll know what to do or that you can rely on those other parts of you Mm -hmm. as ways of knowing not just feeling like you got to think your way through it. Um, we learned about fives in one of the trainings we went to and that, you know, fives can tend to notoriously have a retreat in their brains. Mm -hmm. Like they can go to a place in their head and just hang out there and stay there because, you know, it's, it's safe. But when it comes to that withdrawing, that's where fives can go. Um, so again, as a practice to help fives with that balancing that, Mm -hmm. um, remembering that you can tap into your body and your heart as well. Hey y'all. It's Kim again. I know, I know. I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm been real chatty. Um, <laughs> I won't be before you long. This is gonna be really quick. I just had to say, you know, I know we've said uh, before that we have some incredible listeners, and we do. Y'all are incredible listeners. Our our audience has grown. We are deep now. We have people even listening internationally. Um, we literally have people who are listening from all over the world. Um, but y'all are also great listeners because you know what? Y'all follow instructions. You do. I came to you a few episodes ago and I asked you to check out what's going on over at ME and you have, you've been subscribing, you're telling your girls. And so I just, I appreciate that y'all are incredible listeners. Um, you know, we're headed into the latter part of this year and it's, it's on my heart to get started right away. So I want to extend an invitation to a very, a small group of women um, for a very specific purpose, uh, for a fraction of the cost to celebrate the launch of um, the courses and coaching that's going to be coming out of the Melanated Enneagram and to get us ready for what is to come in the new year. So 
If you're a black woman and you have a purpose in your heart, um, but you are or have been struggling with motivation, right? And that can look like disappointment, fear, maybe you tired, sis. Um, or maybe you find yourself wanting to get back to a certain time or energy or version of yourself in order for you to move forward. If this sounds like you, I want to work with you now. Um, this is a time limited thing. I'm only offering a few slots. This is one-on-one -on -one time with me for two 60 minute sessions. Like I said, with very specific outcomes that we're gonna tackle here. And it's gonna be for half the price of my one-on-one -on -one coaching services. If this is something you're interested in, two things. I want you to subscribe if you haven't already. And then I want you to hit me up. Shoot me a DM on the Melanated Enneagram or shoot me a text. I'm gonna put that information in the show notes. Let's go. Yeah, it's really, as you're talking about this, I'm thinking about just, it's really fun um, as a therapist because everybody's different. And so I might in one hour with one client be telling them, hey, I need you to sit down. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, uh -huh. I need you to stop. Uh -huh. I need you to withdraw. I need uh -huh. you to not put it all on your shoulders. And then in the very next hour, yep. the growth for somebody else is, hey, yep. I actually need you to push. I need you to show up. I need yep. you to be, use your voice. And I think that's in when we talk about like for black people, like this isn't a one size fits all. Right. There might be some of you that are listening or, and, and you do show up all the time and you yeah. are putting your neck out there and you yeah. are in situations that, yeah, actually you probably need to retreat. This isn't safe. But then for some black people, fives, pro the, the encouragement is going to be, no, you, you might need to go. You, not, you might need to show up. Um, you might need to use your voice. So as you're listening, as a listener, just really checking in with yourself of like, what's the message that I need to hear in this? Um, but for black fives in particular, it is, um, you know, with discernment, with, with knowing what's safe and what's not, your natural reaction is to not, is to withdraw. So your growth is going to, to say, let, to let go, to go, to, sh to show up, to step into the door, like Kim was saying. Um, and so really making sure that the discernment is so important because it is legit dangerous um, <laughs> to sometimes show up in unsafe places yes. um, as black people. And so I really want to make that so clear that like yeah. um, we do have to protect ourselves, but then we also have to know like, when can I actually step in? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well said. So um, to that point, like that's something that um, those of us who are not fives, like all of us can kind of um, borrow and mm. appreciate and learn from when it comes to fives, um, you know, going back to um, Survivor and maybe how <laughs> apparently they done hired, you know, they got some DEI stuff going on. Everybody, a lot of, a lot of white spaces, corporate spaces over the past few years are suddenly very, very invested in DEI yep. work, yes. and diversity and representation. Um, and so, you know, when it, when it comes to that, um, recognizing that for five, for, for black people, when maybe sometimes people who are not black are looking to black people mm -hmm. to give them mm -hmm. the answers on how to fix stuff, Mm -hmm. that we didn't have no part in mm -mm. messing up mm -hmm. um that we again we can look to fives and and learn like how to manage your energy right <laughs> manage your resources yep. at times mm -hmm. 
like you just said, as black people being aware, like we're not saying always all the time in all spaces, walk around and just, you know, give, pour out, be vulnerable. No, we totally acknowledge and know um, that in some spaces and situations that will not be safe for us. Mm -hmm. Um, Like we keep saying that discernment is what's so important. Balance is really what we're emphasizing for all of us, you know, to try to just to be aware of, um, again, you know, the bar um, Mm -hmm. and personality over identifying with it um, Mm -hmm. and versus not, you know, we want to, we want to try to, we want to find balance. So there'll be times where it'll be safe um, for us to show up and despite like discomfort, um, and, and then when there are times where that's not the case, like us giving ourselves permission to, um, mirror some yeah. of what we can see in our fives and withdraw, um, hold on to your resources. Yeah. Yeah. I, yes, 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 yes. I like, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think the grasping is an important like thing to pay attention to, um, internally for all of us. Like if it, if something feels, and that's the whole point of this whole season, if it feels like I'm clinging to a bar, if it feels like I am death gripping something like that, I will die. If I do not let go of this thing, that's probably let's pause, be curious what's going on there. And am I clinging to, um, this fixation and this passion that isn't all the way true. And I'm, and by my clinging, am I forgetting something? Um, and again, that's going to look different for me and Kim than it's going to look for our fives. Um, for sure, for sure. Um, and when I, and I, especially as we're talking about this of like, where do I step into and where do I step out of? Again, my work is different mm-hmm. than, than a fives work around this. Um, Cause I need to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Meet your friends. Sometimes I do. so that's yeah so we can learn from our fives and so thank you fives for for really having great boundaries and having that great ability to be like yeah that's not mine that's not mine I'm not doing that um because I need that lesson a lot of times to be like no I don't need to be the Rosa Parks in this situation um I I don't um and it's going to take a lot of energy for me to be that Mm -hmm. um and a lot of unsafe energy for me to be Mm -hmm. that um, and so thank you for that, for fives, for showing us that. And then, you know, hopefully fives can learn from other people to say like, and sometimes I need to be the girl that goes on survivor, um, and show up. And I need to be the one that, that knows that like, yes, there is a, there is a hit that I'm going to take, but there's also going to be a replenishment that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I know we, we hit on this in last season. And I remember saying like, that's one of my favorite things to see in fives, like don't sleep on fives and their connection to the eight energy and the protector. Mm-hmm. Like when, when fives do, you know, decide, no, I, I, I got, I got the resources today. <laughs> I got the energy today. When it comes to this, <laughs> no, I got something to say. It is so cool to see fives like, Ooh, man. I do. I get so amped up about it. I want to like, I want to rewind that. Like I got the energy today. And I just want to like, I just want to like replay that over and over. <laughs> that sound bite forever. I want to hold it in my back pocket. <laughs> I got the energy today. <laughs> yep, you, you got me on the right day. Five minutes before, maybe not. 
<laughs> yesterday, definitely not. But in this moment, when it comes to this particular issue, oh, you about, you, I, you about to get all the smoke from this file. <laughs> I love it. I stand for it. I'm, 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 I'll be cheering my, I'm like, yes! <laughs> then the charts! Then the email! I get so excited. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> oh, yes. Um. So yeah, so all of that, the 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 discernment is a big piece there. And then the other thing that we talked about for Black Fives in particular um, was that when we think about this idea of depletion, and if we just focus on that, then yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be focused on that. But we have to remember that there is also, that's where omniscience come in, comes in. There is also not depletion. There is also enough. And we were thinking about when we went to the African-American Museum, um, mm-hmm. which is this, we talked about this in the first episode um, of season two, like it is a beautiful telling of the story of black people in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it starts, it starts with, um, with slavery and, and, and it goes all the way up until modern times. Um, and it just goes through the whole story. And you would think that maybe I'm going to walk out of there with a complete depletion, a story of depletion and a story of pain and, and, and just all the things and just injustice and oppression and, and horribleness. You would think that you'd walk out like that, but you don't, you walk out also with this story of light and, um, beauty and joy and, um, that there's, and there's, there's not just the depletion part that yeah. there is, there's a booing that happens and it happens you know, again, we talked about how this museum is such a, like an immersive experience. It re- It's like you have, they really do it perfectly. Like there'll be a moment where you like catch your breath of like, oh, and then there's a moment of like a release. Yeah. And then there's a moment of like, oh, I hate that. And you roll your eyes. And then there's a moment of like, wow, that's so beautiful. Like yeah. it happens throughout. Um, And I also, I noticed like in the car, like with the little like sentences on the thing, it'll be like, this happened. And then this happened, like mm. this happened. And yet this happened. Mm. Like um, it, it like over and over is this like knowledge and experience. And so when I think about black fives and I think about blackness, um, it's the idea that like, there is both, like, it is not just a depletion. There is also replenishment. There is also a booing. And if we just avoid it, if we just say, well, I'm just going to totally withdraw, or I'm going to only look at the depletion, or I'm going to only like avoid this thing that I'm not going to experience the, and yet, and then, and then this beautiful thing, like, I'm not going to get to experience both. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what I have to say about that. Okay. (laughs) You said that, you said that, you said that, um, growing up in church, it was nevertheless that word that's in the, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's in scripture a lot. Um, but, but, but nevertheless, Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. You, you, you run the risk of missing that. I'm so, I'm so, I'm, yeah, I'm really grateful that black people as a people, um, we have that part and, and I'm proud of us when we can manage to shift and focus on that as a way to, um, be empowered and restored, mm-hmm. um, reminded, um, yeah. it yeah. is, it's, it's a beautiful part of our story. It is, it is a beautiful story. Like it is like you, it's not just a, our story is a beautiful story. Like it's one of the greatest stories. Um, 
And so, and I, I, that's like work that I had to do. Like, I really, when I think about like 2020, um, and I felt like this is a bad story. This is a bad story. Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Um, and I've really had to do a lot of work around. Yes, that is a bad part of the story. That is a real part of the story. And it, as a whole, Black people in America is a beautiful story. Like, it is a good story. Um, and it has some really sucky, shitty parts that are there. And I'm not going to deny that. Um, and nevertheless, yeah. All right. So let's talk about talk about some practical applications for us. So <clears throat> um, you all, much like my clients, I tell them, y'all, you're going to get sick of hearing me talk about self-care and grounding yourself. Um, but that's one um, that for sure I glean as being incredibly important for fives. Um, is this especially like in some of those moments where, again, um, reactively, uh, your instinct is to shrink, dip out, withdraw, close up, um, to just to to get into the practice of like being aware of what that all feels like, that sensation, um, though maybe those thoughts, maybe what it feels like in your heart space, and and to have some tools, some things that you can do to just help you to practice getting grounded in, mm. in response to feeling that, um, to, to, to get used to, um, yeah, increasing your capacity to stay present through that. Um, so breath work, one of my favorites, um, walking, um, that comes up a lot, especially in some of my work with fives, because again, they can be they could be okay, you know, just being to themselves sometimes um, inside in their room um, or in their home or in their office or at their desk. So to just remind them that, you know, it can be really grounding to get up, get outside and just be connected to um, nature, right? Where everything is taken care of, where plants and birds, like don't worry about if there's going to mm. be enough, like it's all, all taken care of. And so get outside, go for a walk, um, get connected to, um, nature that can be very, very grounding. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of my clients, like a lot of us like to scroll. So, um, if it feels like it's too much to not do that, if you want to continue to have that be kind of like a way that you self-soothe or cope to just be minded of what you're scrolling, right? So mm -hmm. try to pay attention to fix your timeline so that the things that you're looking at, that there are things that feel like they're grounding and not mm -hmm. um, more activating. Mm -hmm. Music, dance, um, connecting to that um, as a source of levity um, and a source of, um, yeah, that like there's, there's a balance to the, to the world um, that that's, that's important too. Um, abundance practices, abundance is, is uh, so that's a buzzword for mm -hmm. fives. It's an important word for fives to help like balance out the, the scarcity 
um, mindset. So um, I was telling Camille, like when it comes to, when, it, when it, with our work and clients, like when I bring up practice, come up with a practice, we need to figure out a practice for that. It's fun. I love it. Um, and I love helping clients figure out what that can look like for them versus um, giving them a prescription or saying it, the practice needs to look like this. So what we always talk about is like, take something that you already do. And that can, that can, that can become a practice when it comes to whatever this resources that you are identifying that you're needing more of. So if it's abundance, if that's the resource that you want to practice embracing more, to go on an abundance walk, cook an abundance meal, have an abundance dance, mm. um, do an abundance face wash, wash your hands. And just that process, you're just the intention before you go to wash your hands is to just really embody and embrace and focus on abundance. And as you're washing your hands, be mindful of that. And that can be a practice. Anything that you do can be a practice. It can just be um, intentional. The intention there. I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to start, I want to start doing that. I want to start. Um, I think, you know, <laughs> says the seven, I don't have a problem with abundance, but I don't, I don't <laughs> abundance meal. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> no problem. I, I want it to be locked in Publix. Um, <laughs> but I think like those, those things that we take for granted, like I love the idea of washing my hands, um, or taking a shower and like making mm-hmm. that, um, really focusing on the abundance and the enoughness that's there in that moment. Um, I really, really like that, Kim. And um, part of part of also again with this abundance is really paying attention to as um as fives, really paying attention to the language that we use and the language that you have around you. Um, it is really easy. Scarcity mindset is woof, that is all over our that's all over ourselves, that's all over our country, that's capitalism. I mean, scarcity mindset is is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really making sure that you're catching that and, and being intentional about the language and the spaces that you're taking up when it comes to scarcity and abundance. Um, we thought about, um, with, you know, particularly with black women and dating, um, you know, there's such a narrative around, there's nobody left, there's no good guys, um, you know, that, Black women are the you know least swiped on on dating apps. There's such a language what? around. What'd you say? I said what? Oh, you don't know that? Well, I didn't know is, that. This is not good for our our abundance talk. <laughs> 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 but yeah, there's been studies that show that what? Black, there's studies. Yeah, that black women are the least swiped on on dating apps. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we can focus on that. Like we, that could, again, that's the reality. We're not going to go with toxic positivity and say like, oh, it doesn't exist. It's not real. Oh, that doesn't happen. Like there is, you know, a word that I don't think we've used today, but we talked about it before we started recording was there's an, in, there is sometimes an inevitability. Like mm. there in, in relationships, there's going to be a conflict in a meeting. There's going to be a hard conversation in the world. There's going to be racism. Like there's going to be things that are inevitable um, and we can focus on that and we can, we can put all of our attention on that and then we, but then we're going to avoid it and then we're going to miss out on something. And then we're going to forget that there is also, again, the abundance, the booing, the replenishment, like there is mm. also that. And so sure, as black women who are dating, there is a reality, there is a yeah. real reality um, that there are stats that support 
the experience that a lot of black women have, mm-hmm. single black women have. We're not going to deny that. That's that's mm-hmm. science. And if we're only paying attention to those stats and we're only paying attention to that that part of the story, we're forgetting that there are other parts of the story that there is beautiful images of black love yeah. and there are images of black men doing great things. Yeah. Um, and there are people in our life that are doing great things and that we we can't just forget that there is also, nevertheless, mm-hmm. there is also another part of the story. And so really paying attention to our scarcity mindset and how we talk about it, how much we talk about it, who the people, I mean, you, you can, you know, you get in a room with single women, we're going to talk about it and we're going to talk about it in a certain way, unfortunately, and vice versa, a group of men, they're going to talk about it on their end in a way that's very scarcity mindset. And how do we flip the script of what we're spending time on with our friends to say, yes, and there's these women and there's these men and there's these things like, because if we just focus on the scarcity, we aren't going to, we aren't going to put our name in the hat. We're not even going to go do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm over here having a moment. It as a, I think so as, as a three and probably like as a seven too, like it, at times, like that's just, I, it's hard. I very, it's like, I don't have the tolerance. I find myself at times like avoiding certain people or certain conversations or wanting to, because I know that that's going to be the, the talk, the The language language. and, um, and that doesn't work. And that, yeah, that doesn't work for me. But so what I found just last week, I went and got my hair done. And that was as soon as I got in the bowl and she started washing my hair. She, that was where she went. When she started talking about dating, gosh, she's dating. She wanted to know what was going on in my life. And I didn't even, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do that. Like I'm here to get my hair done. I don't want to talk about that. But, um, I stayed with it and ended up sharing with her just my, about my parents, you know, been married for, I don't know, somewhere, maybe somewhere around 40 years, like going into 40. Mm-hmm. Um, and just having that moment where I just shared with her some of what I saw, see, and them, you could absolutely feel like just the energy in our conversation shift. Um, so yeah, I think that balance, like you said, the reality is, you know, she's having some rough experiences. I've obviously had some rough experiences. We're all having some rough experiences, mm-hmm. but just managing like how much energy we put into that and paying attention to like how it feels to focus on that um and again the experience of um bullying Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and that it is easy for all of us and then for black fives and for fives to want to say well then i'm not going to do it i'm just going to focus on the negative um and i'm going to protect and i'm going to hoard and i'm going to isolate and i'm going to withdraw and and we're saying that yeah making sure that the language around you is focused on abundance like kim said those abundance practices the abundance language um a little exercise that I thought of that we can do really quick that I, I want with two little exercises, actually. Um, so in this moment, actually, I want you to kind of do this somatically um, or physically is I want you to put both of your palms out um, just right in front of you, just kind of like receiving. And I want you to think um, if let's say our left hand, I want you to focus on your left hand and I want you to go ahead and focus on all the ways that things are scarce, all the ways that um, things feel depleted. Um, the energy, the conversations that feel like a lot, the racism, all of the stuff. And go ahead and focus on that and just feel what that feels like in your body. And then going ahead and, and looking at your right hand and in your right palm, imagining all of the ways that there is replenishment, all of the ways that there is booing, all of the ways that there is enough. 
all of the ways that you felt like you did, you were capable of handling it. You had the resources and imagine, and feel what that feels like in your body. Noticing the difference and then kind of looking at both hands and noticing that they're, they're both present. They're both balanced and noticing what that feels like in your body. And that's really it. Mm-hmm. Just taking that posture of both. Um, and I'm really cheesy and I love when I do something like this. I'll tell clients, do this once a day. Just just mm-hmm. even if you don't sit and do that thought, just put your hands out like that. Mm-hmm. Just when you're about to walk into a meeting, put your hands out like that. When you're about to go into a hard conversation or you know that this is going to be a little bit of a tricky, you're coming home from work and the kids are doing all the things kids do, put your hands out like that. That there's both, there's enough. Um, and that there is a balance that's happening I and just putting that. your body in that posture. Yeah. That's not cheesy. I mean, that's a practice that mm-hmm. goes back to, a, a, I mean, that putting yourself, we talked about this position before you put yourself in a position to receive That's trusting that there's mm-hmm. a outpouring that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a way to practice, like trusting and believing that there's enough, that there's abundance. Yeah. Um, I also, I also, when I was doing that, I was thinking about the word that we used for, um, the, the virtue is not attachment for mm-hmm. fives. So when I think about my palms being open, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm not, I'm not grasping here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, I'm not attached. I have my palms open. And so um, really just having both hands just open to receive and to be balanced. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, we also talked about, um, so kind of, you know, z- zeroing in on the, what, what's in your right hand, like just taking a some time to intentionally slow down and um, be detailed and Mm -hmm. and all we have to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually taking the time, going back to like bringing your body into it, taking the time to get up, you know, so if you look around your room and just to end or the space that you're in and take a moment to just take note, observe, what you're grateful for. Um, I have a glass of water. I have lights. Mm-hmm. I'm in my closet with my sneakers that I love, right? It's actually just touching some of these things. Mm-hmm. And, and in that moment, um, again, I, I, your senses are great. Like really um, mm-hmm. be with what you feel as you touch it. Um, mm-hmm. Be with what you see, you know, as you, mm-hmm. as you look at it. Mm-hmm. What are you smelling? Like, so take the time to take inventory mm. of all the ways you've been provided for your needs are met um everything that you that you're grateful for and try to bring your body into it by getting yeah. actually touching those things yeah yeah i love that and i think that you know we talk about that's like a a practice that you'll hear a lot of times like a gratitude list um and and sometimes that can feel really um bland or um you know, we, it's like, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for my family and my friends. I'm grateful for my health. Like we can, you know, we kind of have these like big ticket items, but really going down to the nitty gritty of like, I'm thankful for the internet to be able to record this, this episode with you. I'm thankful for the flowers that are on my desk. Um, I'm thankful that I have water sitting next to me. Um, I'm thankful that I can feel my feet on the ground, like really going through. And when we really go through those little things, it reminds us that like, there is enough, there has been enough, there will be enough that I um, am provided for. Um, 
And it's a long list of, of knowing it's not scarce. It's not scarce. Um, yeah. I think that's, I think that's good. Yeah. I think that's good too. I think that's enough. (laughs) I think that's enough. So thanks for being with us today. Uh, I feel like we kind of, I feel like we kind of went to church today. I I feel, I feel like I received something from this conversation. Um, Some really good reminders. And so thank you fives for existing for us to be able to have this conversation. Um, And so I hope that it was helpful for you and as it was helpful for us. Like, wow. Mm-hmm. Cool. All righty. We'll see y'all later. We'll see you on the next episode. See you on the next episode.